We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson back uh, tonight with Josh Bowe. It is Sunday, January 9th, coming to you at about 8.45 Central Time. The Mavericks just played... A phenomenal basketball game and really beat the tar out of the Chicago Bills, one thirteen to ninety nine. Josh, how's it going? Good. Uh, we kind of had another break again where we haven't talked in a, in a little bit. Um, so good to hear your voice. Glad we're back to doing this and pretty perfect timing. Uh, basically, what you'd probably say the two best by far the two best wins of the season in these past two games. I think so. Um, and. You know, this it's a minor thing, and I'm, I've been trying to struggle. You know, I'm struggling putting into words why I think this matters. But this was the longest Mavericks win streak since March of 2016. Um, going, and it's a six game win streak at the moment. Going that many years without having a win streak with some of the kind of, I mean, we've had some quality basketball teams that in that time also had some bad basketball teams, but going six years without. A win streak like that is is kind of surprising. I guess I didn't realize it until I dipped in. And, you know, they've played against two really good teams recently. You just mentioned a Warriors stat. And then they have also are beating both the Bulls and the Warriors, which are excellent. And then they played some teams which they were supposed to beat. And I think the hallmark of the last two years of Mavericks basketball prior to this one has been really inconsistency against teams you know you never kind of know what the Mavericks were gonna what Mavericks gonna show up and you know they're undefeated in 2022 so far after you know and they, they could be riding a huge win streak if they if if they had survived against that that first Sacramento game um it's it's really nice it's 
I don't entirely understand what the hell is happening. Um, and I mean that in like a good way. Like it's, it's really enjoyable, but I'm not sure how the Mavericks are like this good in net rating right now. Like they're not only beating teams, they're like beating the crap out of teams. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who I, we were talking right before we hit record. I don't know who said it, but yeah, the, the Mavericks have beaten the two top seeds of the West and the East uh, in back-to-back games because the Warriors technically had the best record in the Western Conference when the Mavericks beat them a couple days ago. Um, it's defense. Um, some of it might be, you know, three-point shot variance is leaning their way. Um, but I think me and you can both agree that the way that this team plays defense is significantly different than the way they've played defense the last two to three years. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't even know. Can we still call him our own? Is talk? He he started at Mavs Money Ball. So I'm yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna own. claim him. He he'll oh, yeah. still write for us when he has time. He's yeah, not, you know, he's, he's our own. <laughs> yeah, he's our he's our he's our child. Even though he's older than both of us, um, <laughs> he wrote that really good piece uh, about you know the Mavericks seem to be execute. You know, the scheme doesn't seem to be the problem. It's it's more the players. And I think he kind of hypothesized where he was like, if the players can just improve uh and execute the scheme better then there's a chance that they can improve but you know who knows because a lot of these guys just don't you know like you know Jalen Brunson and Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell like a lot of these guys can struggle defensively well they're they're turning it on now and you know uh, what I, I think the biggest thing I like about how this team plays defense and I think this is another part where we'll where we'll agree is it finally feels like they're not just like doing um which is what they did under carlisle uh doing the like oh let's just play the numbers and let these guys shoot from where we want them to shoot uh even if it means we're letting them walk into open God, 18, I hated 15 that. footers with like the most egregious drop coverage i've ever seen in my entire life uh and it turns out nba players despite you know a mid-range shot necessarily not being the most valuable shot it turns out when you give nba players you know, 15 feet of space to step into a pull-up too. Uh, they're not that bad on them. So uh, it's been nice to see the Mavericks play a little bit more aggressive. It's nice to see them not drop – the bigs not drop so far back in the pick and roll. Uh, it's nice to see Dwight Powell uh, not be used as a runway for opposing ball handlers and, like, actually, you know, meet them at the level of the screen. And Powell, say whatever you want about Dwight Powell uh, on the defensive end. I've, I think I said this like way back in like 2015 or 2016 that he's basically like a mop handle with like flailing, like with like uh, balloon arms guarding the rim, but he's fast, like for a big, he's fast on his feet and he's got quick feet and he, and he moves laterally pretty well. Um, And that doesn't matter when he's parked in the paint on a pick and roll and you're letting these guys just shoot over and through him because he's not a rim protector. He's just not. Uh, so yep. the fact that they're finally like getting him out there a little bit and not necessarily always trapping, but just, you know, meeting ball handlers out at the three point line, you know, the funneling, uh, funneling dribblers and ball and, and dribble penetration to Maxi Kleba, uh, who's been much better. And I think, you know, somewhat more limited role, although he's had to play a little bit more with Kristaps out. Like, it's just, it's just nice to see them do something different, uh, even though the results were bad and now they're finally getting the results. And, hmm. It's a little thing, but it, the commitment to helping on rotations where the Mavericks have gotten killed for three years, and some of this is personnel. Uh, Tim Hardaway is the one who stands out the most, where it's just like they blow, like the first rotation has always been pretty good. Because you got Maxi, 
you know, even even uh, Porzingis pretty good at it. But it's like the anytime a guy got beat off the dribble or any sort of penetration would happen in previous years, the Mavericks defense would just crumble. And what we see now is some aggressive stuff, but not too, too aggressive to kind of slow down um, the ball handler at times, depending on who it is. And then they help and recover. And then if they have to switch, basically, you know, on on some of these things, there there's just a lot more guys moving around. Like Luco is just a penchant for being, you know, kind of on a, a turnstile where he's just spinning around. And watching him kind of run to corners tonight was interesting. It, it's it's kind of hard to explain over a podcast, but I'm really I'm enjoying sort of the the things that that some players were doing in years past. Now it feels like a lot of the team is doing it and it's working and it's working really well. I, 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 you know, NBA teams often have counters to defensive schemes, that sort of thing. And so how, you know, the defense continues to adjust and evolve as they see different looks from different guys, who knows? Um, But right now it's just, it's important to, to, you know, kind of live with and, and really enjoy it. And, and I, we, I, I, we've been through some really crappy basketball this year. I know people don't want to like cop to that where it's like, oh, I've seen, you know, just like weird, like I hate the weird tweets where it's like, oh, you were unhappy with the basketball when they were playing bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> like they I were... didn't like shitty basketball. <laughs> I hate that stuff where it's like, I can't believe you thought that they were bad. Like they were bad. Like folks, there's just no argument here. They played worse basketball for a long time. They were like bottom 10 in the league in offense and defense for a significant stretch. Now they're playing better. It's delightful. I'm glad. Yes, me too. Um, and I, this is to pivot from from defense maybe to offense. Uh, this is what it looks like when guys consistently make jumpers off of Luca passes. Um, mm. What Maxi and Dorian Finney-Smith? Dorian was four of seven, and Maxi was six of nine from three. Uh, I don't think the Mavericks are ever ever in their lifetime in the Luka Doncic era. They will never lose a game where those two guys combine for 10, 10 made three pointers. Like I think it's I. I don't think it, it can happen. Like it's an impossibility in nature. Um, so like, it's not and like Luca had 14 assists and four turnovers. Uh, and, you know, this is how the Mavericks can survive. Like he kind of had a cruddy shooting night. Uh, he didn't kind of, he did have a cruddy shooting night, but like, this is what it looks like when, you know, all those open three pointers he generates, if they make them at a, you know, a good clip, uh, this is kind of what it looks like, and it means they can beat anyone. Now, unfortunately, yep. if those two guys were bricking shots, which, hey, we've seen them have stretches where they just can't, you know, throw throw the ball into the ocean, they lose games that they you know, inexplicably shouldn't. So it's still, you know, there's still a little feast or famine with the offense, and I would I would feel a little bit better if Luca could find a way to get to the rim more. Uh, it would feel a little bit better. Uh, more Sometimes he just needs to take the damn rim shots. The, yeah, he there are times he, he passes out of we, like open shots, and I don't get it. And and so it's, it's a little column A, a little column B for me. Yeah, and th- that's like it. Like, it's the only nitpick I have. <coughs> well, Excuse what? me. No, it's it's perfectly understandable. So I watched the the Houston game on replay but i would be lying if i said i analyzed the houston game um once i saw the final score it was like oh this is going to be kind of an entertaining watch but i was you know i was when i watched it on saturday it was much more for like because i wanted to kind of know what happened but the the rockets are bad so 
when you see like Josh Green has a career high 17, it's like, okay, that's great. He played, he played well against a bad team. Tonight's game was much more important to me. Yes. Um, he finished, where's, where's the stat line here? He finished with uh, 18 points on eight of 10 shooting, six rebounds, um, only had one turnover, which, you know, was penchant for wild ass passes is, is, is fun. He only played 22 minutes. So he's kind of, you know, he's on a heater, like 18, you know, expecting 18 points out of him in 20 minutes is not a thing that, that should happen, but can he score like six or eight points, 12 points every now and again? He's not hurting the team at all. He hasn't been hurting the team. So I'm glad that he's continued to sort of get these minutes. And if he, if he can just continue to play good basketball, that's going to be a boon for them as the year goes along. Yeah, and uh, boy, like what a difference it makes to see Luca running the break with a legitimate athlete. Oh, a leaper! The yeah. alley oop dunk after Luca had blown one of those crappy, like fading, tw- like ten footers. Um, then he threw one just over the defense, like right where Josh Green could get it. And Green is such a He's kind of a confusing athlete to me because he like two footed leapers. I don't think NBA players are used to it because they kind of it's like a high. I'm not explaining this correctly, but a lot of guys jump off one foot and he jumps off two. And it's like a he just gets up really quickly at kind of times when I don't expect him to. Yeah, It's like a pogo stick. Um, but yeah, and it just it makes the world a difference. Like he only. What he's played these two games, 17 points against the Rockets, 18 points against the Bulls, and he's only shot two three pointers and made two, you know, made two three pointers across the two games. So it's not like he got like uncharacteristically hot from three. Like he was doing things that like can translate consistently in terms of moving off the ball, cutting for Luca, and then running the break, which is something the Mavericks just don't really like. No one else on the roster, you know can really do that. Um, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. yeah. And t- Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, those aren't, you know, they'll cut occasionally, but those aren't guys that are consistently going a hundred percent from three point line to the basket while Luca has the ball. Uh, so like, it's just a different dynamic that the, the roster hasn't had in like the last two or three years, because I mean, so much of this roster is floor bound. Like you could argue like Dwight Powell was their best mm-hmm. dunker for the loop for most of the Luca era, which is, crazy right like for a guy as gifted as luca you want to give him toys to to go out there and 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 do things uh so like having someone like josh green on the floor and not making like the dumb mistakes so he can stay on the floor and play through the mistakes like you just kind of you can just see like you're just like wow oh okay so like they, they should get they shouldn't necessarily get more josh greens but they need to get this is why they need more athletes more talent because you can just already see in these limited doses uh, how much Luca can really thrive off having a guy with that much athleticism and a high motor. And it gives him reason to push because he's such a, he's such kind of a ball control guy that he yeah. seems to only want to push if he has like the clear points. Um, saw that a lot in the Olympics where they were just getting great runouts because I think there's just more of a trust with the teammates there. Um, with the Mavericks, just kind of a different deal. Cause you pass it to Maxi uh, or like Dorian sometimes like Dorian's, definitely gotten better off the dribble this year than what we've seen in past seasons but it just it's not always necessarily been the case so watching green even just a little bit is 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 fun it's an argument for more athletes um it's also an argument for that we've been hard like i I don't want to get on a too much of a tangent but uh i mean this is why we've been so mad or just like tearing our hair out with the way the rick carlisle era treated young players right like 
me and you were are not you know we are clearly not big josh green guys we obviously yeah. wanted the mavericks to draft someone else but we were always like just because we're not big josh green guys it doesn't mean you just don't play your 18th overall pick ever like you have to just put him and on he the punished floor. josh green for things that were other players faults yes. that was the thing that killed me like Willie would miss an alley-oop where the pass was, you know, point on, and he would pull Josh Green. And that sort of stuff is bullshit. And, and, like, been, and he did it forever. Like, I mean, he did it to Justin Anderson. He did it to, you know, Jay Crowder at times. He did I'm it to a total Carlisle own. defender, but this yeah. is just one of these things where you just, like, folks who are more particularly within the organization would come back and say, well, that's just not true because blah, blah, blah. Sometimes a guy has to play through his mistakes. Are the mistakes costing the team games. I mean, I would argue some of the veterans cost, you know, it's like watching Wes Matthews <laughs> dribble, you know, cost teams games. Like it was anyways, that, that is what yeah. it is. It's, it, it's, it's over now. They're trying to do, do some, yeah. some things, you know, watching Josh green get to play while Brown, for example, has, you know, he struggles again from the field, you know, Marquise Chris played in the game. It was when you have more guys who can give you little sparks, you know, that was what, what wore the Mavericks down last year is when Carlisle went to, and he had to, he had to go to like a seven and a half man rotation because he didn't trust anybody. That was the only way they got back in to playoff contention. And right now the Mavericks are riding high. They're four games over 500. And I feel like there's a lot of guys that are playing reasonable minutes. You know, it's like you go through the minutes tonight, Dorian Finney-Smith only plays 30, Maxi plays 30, like that. That We've been talking about that for two years, how that sort of stuff is ideal because then it saves them over the course of time. Like Maxi, my wife is not exactly, you know, sometimes she's on her phone, so, you know, <laughs> but she just said tonight, she was just like, this is as good as Maxi's looked in a long time. And I think she's right. And I know that we're going to have some people, ah, oh, Maxi's very important. And he is, he's very important. But like, he looked physically impressive tonight in a, in a way that he hasn't looked often for a couple of years because the Mavericks just bleed him dry. Yeah, he's averaging a career high in rebounds per game and he's averaging less minutes per game in the previous two seasons so uh i mean That's an and interesting I, poll <laughs> and so I, i'm sure his block rate is also up over the last two you know last season as well um i don't have that in front of me but he's at 24 and a half minutes per game and doesn't that feel like just the right number for him um it just i feel like anything 25 or below is good for him. And when Kristaps comes back, he'll come back to coming off the bench, I think. And I think that'll help him even more. Um, he's still, he's not shooting as well as the previous couple of seasons, but he obviously had a shot look know, wet a tonight, slump, man. Yeah. A slump buster tonight. So Damn. That's good. He's that still, he still can't do anything uh, in two point range. <laughs> I mean, he was six to nine from three, but six <laughs> oh, of 11. Two. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, another, another slight nitpick, but like, you know, those first two years he was in Dallas. I mean, he was like, uh, he was like using his athleticism to like play off ball and get dunks and alley-oops and, and, and stuff like that. And he just doesn't do that anymore. Uh, maybe without Chris Stops, it's a little bit harder for him to do that. And with Dwight Powell playing next to Powell, like he probably he has to space the floor uh, now. But like you know, uh, it would be nice if he would because like he's still like he's like a good finisher. And and I mean we've seen him play in the pick and roll, and we've seen him finish well playing in the pick and roll with Luca. I would wish he would he would dive a little bit more. But that's again, I'm I'm picking some severe nits right now because you know, like you said, like basically everyone played a good game tonight uh and, and it was it's just it's nice to see they're playing fun basketball and they're 
you know, they're playing, it, it feels sustainable in a, in a way, at least defensively that we haven't seen before offensively. I'm still a little skeptical if this holds up uh, in the playoffs, the way they're playing, like it's still, you know, guys are hitting shots and it's nice, but it's still, it's still Luca with a, an astronomical usage rate. Sure. Um, but that's, that's not for now. We don't need to talk about that now. Uh, they've got a six game. Well, you've got to get these wins where you can. Right. Like the season's long, and it's okay to play like shit sometimes if you play really good at other times, and maybe in the end it'll come out in the wash. I mean, the fact that the Mavericks hadn't had a win streak, they're, they'll be going for their next. Who do they play next? I should know this. I'm running a basketball site and all. Playing they the play Knicks. the Knicks. Uh, we have a couple of days until that one. So the Knicks, that would be their longest win streak since an eight game win streak in 2011. Okay, 2011, <laughs> they had an eight game. This will be a seven game win streak if they if they happen to beat the Knicks. And it's just it's a it, it, it's about playing and, and, you know, thinking about that, it's about playing basketball at the right like the right time. Like you need to you need to pull up into the playoffs ready to play your best basketball, which is where and even when we were really bitching about the Mavs a ton in November, we're sitting here saying, OK, over a long enough timeline, if they're able to figure this out, what's really important is that they play good basketball in March and April, not necessarily that they play good basketball now. I mean, the Bulls are a really interesting, like, counterpoint to this. Like, they just mowed through teams, and the question for them is can they – and, you know, they I think they can because like, they're really, really good. But with good basketball teams, can you find it at the right time? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, these Mavericks are still so volatile that I want them to find – whatever mojo works for them at the right time. And, you know, it's somebody pointed out, it's like Luca and KP seven. I haven't really played together during this streak. Like there's just a lot of things that are, that are worth considering that the Mavericks have both going for them and potentially against them. Like there's still a lot of stuff to be played because we just don't really know how all these pieces fit together. I mean, the big picture, look, Luca, Tim, um, and Porzingis like cannot share the floor together and play decent defense. Like that's just a thing that, that exists and you know maybe kid will be able to change that i don't know i i'd be curious how many how many minutes we've even seen from those three together like what the net rating is just for the three man lineups i could of course look that up but i'm nowhere near as good at that as you are it's just there's there's a lot of like <laughs> there's still a lot of basketball to be played they played exactly they we're not even at the halfway point so it's like the the next game will be the 41st game of the season and it's about establishing some sort of baseline to where, okay, what is what is like good basketball? We've seen bad basketball for the Mavericks. We've we've seen a lot of it, and I think right now we're experiencing like really the best basketball because the the offensive rating is is kicking ass too. So I'm just I'm I'm really curious like what is the what what is a a decent basketball game from these Mavericks? Because I just don't feel like we've had many of those. <laughs> I mean, it's these last. These last couple of games, right? Uh, I mean, they're great games. Yeah, I mean, not only are they winning. I mean, when was the, when was their last win that wasn't like down to the wire? I mean, they are they are winning games by double digits, seemingly for the last. It feels like this entire win streak has been mostly double digit wins. Uh, so that feels really impressive. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying now. You made me think about it, and now I'm trying to look up what what the Mavericks look like with. Those three on the floor, Luca, Kristaps, and Tim. But I wanted to say while I'm looking that up, while it's loading and all that, uh, standings wise, if you're looking at the big picture, like they're still like about you know three and a half games behind Memphis for the four seed. Memphis is just on an absolute tear. If you need um, to get online and look at this John Morant backboard pinning block, it's one of the most crazy athletic beats I've ever seen in a game. Sorry, yeah. 
They no, they are they are cruising. And the thing that you if you're if you're watching the standings, um, if you want to pay attention to something, what you got to pay attention to is if, uh, the Mavericks lead over the six seed. They've got a one game lead over the Nuggets right now. If you're a Mavs fan and your goal is to not have a repeat of the last two uh, playoff series that they've had, then they have to do everything in their power to stay in this four through five range. Because if they fall to the six or below, that most likely means, unless Memphis just never loses a game for the rest of time, they're going to play Phoenix, Golden State, or Utah in the first round. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to see the Mavericks in the first round play any of those teams without home court advantage. Uh, so if they stay in the five range, they're probably going to play Memphis. And I know Memphis is playing extraordinary basketball right now, but I think every, you know I would feel much better in a first round matchup against Memphis. So, you know, they're so far away. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of season left. It seems preposterous that they would move into the home court discussion with how well the top four teams are playing right now. But so if you're looking at the standings, it's just can they avoid six seed right now? Uh, and the thing that's really nice is the teams that are below them. I mean, the six, seven, and eight, and nine are Denver, lost the Lakers, Minnesota, and the Clippers. All of those teams have huge, huge monumental issues that they're working through right now, whether it's injuries or inconsistent play. Um, so hopefully they can create a little cushion here between themselves and the Nuggets and the rest of the the bottom of the West to, to kind of secure that fifth seed. Because uh, I really think that's going to be crucial for them to avoid playing one of the. Well, they got the season. they got the tiebreaker over the Nuggets. So no, that's yeah, that's great. Okay, got it loaded. When Luca, Kristaps, and Tim Hardaway Jr. are on the floor this season, according to CleaningTheGlass.com, the Mavericks' net rating is minus eight. Um, so not great news there. And you got to imagine, Kirk, a majority of those minutes happened uh, before the COVID outbreak when the Mavs were real stinky. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what it is. The defense gives up 103.5 per hundred possessions, which is very bad. Um, and the offense doesn't do too much better. 105.5 points per hundred possessions. So when those three are on the floor, the Mavericks do not play well this season so far, but again, all of those minutes, all those possessions, you know, I got to imagine like what 90% of them happened, uh, before the COVID outbreak. And coincidentally, that's when the Mavericks turned things around, uh, when all these guys went out. So we'll see what it looks like whenever Christos returns. You're right. That's probably, that's probably like the next, uh, hurdle that they have to, to prove to us. Right. I mean, they, they still got a lot of things that can go their way. We talked about yeah. this during the game, Jalen Brunson hitting a three pointer will help them. Um, Christos <laughs> yes. Porzingis hitting a three-pointer will help yes. them. Like there's still things that in theory, depending on the shot quality, all sorts of stuff that could swing their way going, you know, I think they're getting the rim more. Like they, I really like, like, granted, this is probably a different podcast, something we should, you know, talk about a different time. But like I just, these Luca uh, Brunson lineups are just a lot more fun than anything they've, you know, uh, than the previous kind of Luca centric offenses that they were that they ran for the first part of the year like the secondary ball handler thing is real and more people who can dribble and distribute are better shoot you know they, they, i don't know they, we're, no we're, you're right we're, i wrote it i think that piece i wrote last monday about like how are the mavericks turning it around they were about two or three shots per game more at the rim uh in the last two weeks than they were on the season so and that's the see and that okay i'm glad you say that because that's the sort of thing where and i i don't 
I'm not a math guy and I'm also not a big like like hardcore stats guy. So I don't really love getting into these arguments. But when people tell me, oh, you're giving up two less shots, like you're taking two less shots at the game or at the rim per game, that doesn't matter. It's a lot of shots over the course of the year. It's 160 shots. It's like two, it's two to three percent of a team shot diet. Right. And, and not only and, that, it's just getting in the paint more. And instead of doing these side to side three point shots they're getting, you're getting inside out three-point shots which are mm-hmm. much better shots well and the cool little stuff like there was a horrendous play that worked out really well where it's uh green found powell and then green basically turned around and cut right back at powell and got a layup and it's that stuff didn't happen last year there was movement and that's where it's like if if, if you believe that kid is in, in kid and is empowering the offense to do this sort of thing where it's like guys you can cut you're going to get some really ugly crap that happens sometimes like green sometimes literally runs at the ball handler um yeah or luca, it, luca dribbles into a Kristaps post up like that mm-hmm. kind of weird awkwardness but yes. you're right yeah but overall i would say we're we're in a pretty good spot and this is this has been fun i think everybody should try to enjoy it because lord knows we've we've had some ugly basketball yeah, good lord. I mean, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't ask for more than in the span of like you know five to six days beating the top team in the West and then the top team in the East. I mean, well, this is excellent, guys. Um, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Let's get out of here. All right, guys. Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. I may. I I, I bothered his talk. I'm just putting this on. I'm manifesting. I bothered his talk. I wanted to get him on the show just to talk about some of the data he's been seeing i don't know if he's been able to watch as many games lately because i know it's the holidays and such but he's really like some of the big swaths of data i really like talking to him about that um we'll have a green room after this and if the mavericks don't play until the 12th that means they have monday and tuesday off so we'll figure out something to do for the site this has been kirk henderson and josh bow we've been uh, coming to you from mavs moneyball after dark please subscribe rate and review we appreciate all of your support and we will talk to you later in the week Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.